Thielman and Hooley, We Tackle Life podcast. Uh, the play. They, Big Ten has until Monday at 5 o'clock to answer the lawsuit. Yeah, uh, the attorney for the Big Ten argues, quote, harm would be incredible, unquote, if board of directors' documents were made available to the public just because eight student-athletes disagree with the decision. He said the court is asking for something with, quote, no precedent. That's not true. Well, I guess we're going to find out. The Big Ten is uh, irreparably harmed or not today. Do they have to uh, give up the details on how they came to the decision not to have football, or will the Nebraska players' lawsuit be dismissed? There's a Columbus attorney who's been involved with Ohio State before who says that he doesn't think the claim has any viability. We'll discuss today the parental uh, protest at Ohio Stadium. Welcome Monday, August 31, Mr. Spielman. August is uh, ending today. Yeah, it's it's, um, gone fast. I think it's ended on a high note. I know that you got to cover a high school football game. High school football was all over the state. Yeah. Good news on, I think, Thursday or Friday, we had the Columbus City Schools. Oh, great news. Uh, letting their uh, students participate in extracurricular activities, including sports. Uh, I went to a uh, freshman football game on Saturday morning. Cool. and But I wasn't allowed in. Okay, so was this in uh, the UA uh, no, area? No. Freshman football game? Yeah. And so, Is this but, a friend of yours that coaches? No, it's... Uh, my wife's brother's, my step nephew, I guess, would be the okay. best way okay. to describe it. But, and first of all, this is not a criticism whatsoever. Okay. It's only an observation. Yeah. Okay. Only an observation. So I think what happened was you have to kind of check in online or buy a ticket online. Then okay. you get an app, you download it, then they buzz you in at the game. I and, and there's a certain, obviously, a certain number of people allowed into the game and a certain number of people not. And I respect that. Because, again, it's only an observation. The most important thing about all this is that the kids and the coaches and the the cheerleaders were there and that they have the opportunity to do their thing. And certainly the the priority, or or in my opinion, the parents, grandparents, whatever, Mm -hmm. to get to the game. And so so I went and I stood behind – it was fenced off, double fence, and I stood in a corner – where I had to look over the track, through the fence, through a couple soccer nets, but I could see the field mm-hmm. from far away, but I could see and almost pick out where the kid was so I can watch the kid play or, or whatever the case may be. Then I like scanned the stadium, and I was looking at the home stadium, and you know, I, I just think they could let a few more people in, and yeah. they would be completely safe right. because I was – looking at, okay, where I could stand or sit in the stands and be completely safe and away from everybody else. And not only could I, I could easily been 30 feet, I could easily been 30 yards from the closest right. person. Now, again, I, I don't want this to become as a criticism. I want it to be saying, uh, I want people to look at it and say, okay, so the for the first game, it was clean, it was smooth, everybody was safe. Now, what can we do to improve right. or provide more opportunity for extended family or friends or people from out of town that might want to see this young man or young woman mm-hmm. cheerlead or whatever it's banned band, or, yeah. or whatever the case may be. And so I hope that schools um, take a look at that and say, okay, this is a way to improve. And I, I'm going to emphasize again, it's not about me and whether I got into the game or not. It's just an observation on, okay, how can we expand this a little bit and still operate within the guidelines of, of safety. So 
I don't know what your situation was like. That was my experience because I wanted, and I was just so happy to see the kids, and sure. I wanted to see if there was any difference in in the game itself and uh, the hitting or the playing, and absolutely not. I think the only difference was it was, I don't know if you noticed this within your experience, but I noticed like the offensive player was responsible for getting the ball back to the line of scrimmage, and the referee yes. would like throw a little beanbag or something down yes. where he was supposed to put the ball. So I thought... And I thought everybody did a great job, the kids, and uh, it, it was fun to see. And, you know, what I really enjoy out of these things and, and uh, when we, the people' ability for coaches and schools to adapt, we cannot underestimate what they're able to do and to give them a chance. And that's why it's so frustrating for so many people. And, and look, I'm, I'm not going to attack Kevin Warren personally or any or Big Ten presidents personally. It's just so frustrating, uh, I think, that you did not give these people a chance to innovate and to do something right. and to try to make it work, at least try and give it a run. And and some of the CDC numbers that are coming out now. Yeah, that's, we'll get to that. And it's, and, and it's just, what do, I mean, you, you can reverse course. One of my great strengths as a father, as a husband, one of my great strengths, and I'm not being braggadocious here by any means, I think I'm being honest and humble, is that I take, um, I put an important priority on telling my children and telling my wife when I am wrong. Yeah. And I think that gets respect. And yeah, I think my kids respect me more when I tell them and treat them like adults that, hey, I, I, I'm not the Svengali of life here. I will make mistakes, and I have a unique ability almost too often to recognize mm -hmm. when I am wrong, and I point that out to my children that I was wrong for saying that, mm -hmm. and I apologize to you for saying that. And by doing that, you know what also comes about and what is lacking in our society? Grace from my children and from my wife and from me when we have the ability to admit mm -hmm. that we made a mistake. Swallow your pride. It's okay. You'll have more respect when you when you say, we got to give this a go. We, we yeah. jumped the gun. We got to give it a go. And that's what I, I, I just, it, it, it seems so clear to me that's yeah. the direction to go. And I don't know if it feels like that to you. Well, it does uh, feel like they're, it feels like their world is collapsing in on them. We want to welcome everybody who's watching live on StreamYard, uh, which is our platform that streams the show live to Facebook, uh, various platforms on Facebook and Twitter, and our uh, Spielman Hooley YouTube channel. It is a 30, August 31st edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Um, yeah, I think it feels to me like things are collapsing on the Big Ten. They thought they could make a decision and that no one would challenge it, I guess. They misread the room, Bruce. They did misread the room. They were perhaps, I'm trying to think what, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. They looked at Michigan State, at Rutgers, at Ohio State, all which had pauses in their workouts. And I guess they felt like they couldn't play. And so they made a decision not to play. And now the number you just referred to from the CDC, what? 
did this did they CDC just slip this out and nobody really knew when it came out or whatever? But at any rate, well, nobody's publicizing it. Yeah, what we have is that the CDC be has, the headlines of the world. Yeah, CDC has classified uh, all the COVID deaths in the U.S. by categories where you have COVID with let's say pneumonia, COVID with asthma, any other morbidity, COVID with any other risk or any other health condition, and then COVID alone. The COVID alone number is the one that people are struck by. COVID alone, deaths are under 10,000, which would be 6% of all reported COVID deaths. The number is somewhere, it's under 200,000, but it's 180, 190,000, whatever. But only 6% of those deaths are COVID only. So we've essentially shut down our economy, canceled the NCAA tournament, canceled high school sports, done... Uh, irreparable, incalculable damage on suicides, yeah. domestic violence, and everything for a much, 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 much lower death rate from COVID than has been portrayed. Doesn't mean that the 10,000 approximate deaths are insignificant. Of course, it just means that we struggle with health threats of greater yeah. degree often and don't make these kinds of moves. Now, I understand why the moves were made initially, the fear of the Absolutely. unknown, all that stuff. I was all in it. The, the, the water's under that bridge, and it's, you can't go back, and it doesn't do any good to you know bemoan it, but you can react going forward based upon enlightened numbers. Yeah. And so the Big Ten, with other leagues playing, with a college football game having happened on... Was it Saturday night? Yeah. Friday night? No, it's yeah, Saturday around... Yeah, Austin Saturday, P in Central, Central Arkansas. Arkansas, yeah. I just think the Big Ten now is in a position where they are afraid they're going to really look foolish if they say, okay, let's start in late September. The date that was reported over the weekend um, that they're now thinking about starting Thanksgiving weekend, <laughs> everyone said, well, if you can play Thanksgiving, why can't you play now? It's just... And the other thing is, like, they're thinking of starting basketball season Thanksgiving weekend. It really looks bad if you can play basketball, but you can't play football till January. Like, well, what's that excuse? I Nobody's asked that well, question yet, but what's that the excuse? The Thanksgiving thing is just as ridiculous as starting in January, in my opinion, because you're eliminating yourself for any type of... But are you? Like, here, I, I think you I, are, too, because... Yeah. Okay, so everybody else is wrapping the season... In late November. Again, maybe another week of the regular season and mm -hmm. the championship game. Let's just take the case of Ohio State. Ohio State debuts Thanksgiving weekend. Let's say they start with Michigan. They absolutely throttle Michigan. Uh, they play another game the following week and another. They're 3-0. and They're dominant. We all expect them to be dominant. The college football playoff committee, can they put Ohio State in the playoff at 3-0, and knowing that Ohio State has games... The rest of December. What if Ohio State loses once or twice? Yeah. Well, what if Justin Fields gets hurt and they play a freshman quarterback and they lose to Penn State and they lose? You just can't put them in. I don't think. Well, that and they're only playing eight games. You're only playing eight games. Yeah, yeah uh, eight games in. Well, the number I saw was ten games if you play Thanksgiving, eight games if you play in January. Yeah, just yeah, just play. It's okay. I mean, I I think it shows strength. 
to readjust. Say we're you know we got they could sell it on new information. It. They could sell yeah. it on new information. We got a saliva test. Yeah. We got this number from the CDC. We we know more than we know. We're going to change our minds. Yeah, and they can't use the argument where students coming back are getting COVID. I think 91 students at Ohio State tested positive. Because, and we're going to go all online. Well, if you go all online, that only enhances the safety of the players. Sure does, sure does, sure does. <laughs> so I, they, got, they have no argument. They Now it's almost like either they're tone deaf or being just stubborn or afraid to admit when they're strong. I mean... I, that's my story, I, and I'm sticking well, to it. That's, a, their, that's their justification. Well, here's a here's a here's a, uh, the thing I sh- shared with my family this morning, and uh, I not, I don't want to get into the face segment yet, but yeah. this is relevant right now. So, because of these surprising, surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, Big Ten, you were given a thorn in your flesh. Yeah, it's a messenger from Satan to torment you. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, please give us back the season. Please give us, I mean, please take this away from me. Please take this away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. So just, you know, admit. And for me, that can say so many different things. You that for that's such a powerful verse for me. In fact, that's one mm-hmm. of my life yeah, verses, or one of my top Chris verses that I I use uh, for myself. Part of uh, being strong is to be weak, and part of being weak is to admit when you are wrong. Then you're actually being strong. That probably only makes sense to me. Maybe a little bit to you. It makes very good sense <laughs> See, to me. And I've done admit, it too. And, and you don't have to say even admit you're wrong. You, I love what you said. Go under the Go under the guise that, hey, there's new information out there. We're yep. excited about this. We know now that we can probably start a t- and we, we can have a, a three-week ramp-up or we yep. can have a, a month ramp-up here, start the first week of October. We can do this. Yeah, I— But time's running out on making that decision. It I is. I think you'd I think agree with you that. you got to make the decision. Like, let's say they came out tomorrow and said, we're going to play at the end of September. Okay, so then— Paul Feinbaum has said the Big Ten's a laughing stock already. Okay, so how do you how do you fix this if you're the Big Ten? Can Kevin Warren gain credibility or preserve enough credibility if he comes out and says, in hindsight, we made a mistake, we overreacted, um, we're now enlightened because of all the new information. And we're going forward. Or what if he says, I screwed up. I panicked. He's not going to say that. I made a mistake. Well, you say you've got to admit when you made a mistake. But I, he yeah, that's he made me. a mistake. He's not going to. He's not going to do that. Okay. You think he will? Well, I just wonder. I'm, I'm just asking him in the point, in the point of. Can I like he, what you said. Can he gain credibility? Can he say, look, you know, I, in hindsight, I made a mistake. Leadership. I should have given it more time. I should have given it some time to breathe. Leadership is. We, I mean, you've gone through leadership. Yeah. By the way, I ran into your friend Matt. I know you did. Yeah. I want to hear about that. Leadership to me, I mean, there's so many definitions of it. I uh, Two, three weeks ago, I put on Twitter my definitions of leadership. But another sign of leadership is admitting that you're wrong and re, uh, the ability to improvise and change plans. For example, we always talk about great coaches. One of the things people use is that they make halftime adjustments. I 
I've never been a believer in halftime adjustments. What mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in is series adjustments. After each series, you make yeah. an adjustment. You sit down and you say, is this working or is it not working? If it's not working, you adjust to it and do something else. Yeah, why this wait till halftime? And it's not working, Big Ten. It's not. I, I, can, why, I don't understand why you cannot read the room on this. Well, here's another thing the Big Ten might be thinking. We had the parental protest at Ohio Stadium on Saturday. 30 Mm -hmm. Ohio State football parents spoke. I was under the impression that all the other parents of all the other Big Ten schools were coming to this. No, I I thought they were doing their own thing. And I expected a big rally. I expected like 20,000 people. There were 200 people. Now, does the Big Ten look at that and go, well, if they only have 200 people in Ohio where the Buckeyes are unmatched, in their dominance of our league, won it outright three consecutive times. Not as many people are as upset about this as we think, so we can ride this out. Is that something? I, I was I, struck I mean, I, by I that number. That, yeah, I mean, I I don't an, I didn't anticipate a lot of people being there. Boy, I, I did. I thought the place would be flooded with people. No, I, I no, I I don't. I, that that's not. I think people get it. I I think the more important thing was that the the message that was being sent by the players that gets out. It, that. I mean, it's not going to be something that I'm going to look to do on a Saturday. I had stuff to do on a Saturday afternoon and a Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, but if you come out to fight for Buckeye football, that was how it was portrayed, was come out and show your support for Buckeye football. I just thought, wow, we're going to get a ton of people. Well, I thought the yeah. number was low. I, I, I just think the important thing is that the voices are being heard and that, and that if you keep putting data out there, that mm-hmm. the, somehow I feel like um, some of the decision makers – are thinking that these people aren't smart enough. <laughs> and, and I'm not just saying that from the Big Ten. I'm saying that well, at a, from a national level, that yeah. there's, there's a lot of people out there that think that the the public or our society is ignorant and stupid. Yeah, and, we know more and, than you and, know. And or we know what's research. best for you. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's even more infuriating. Yeah, it is. Uh, it would be maybe not infuriating, but certainly a big whiff if you did not start your day with Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Coffee, it is the... I'm out, by the way. Oh, are, already? Yes. Two boxes well, gone? When you have vultures. You were right, you were right about your wife, uh, really uh, down in the coffee. Well, all right, we'll fix that. You all can fix your own uh, lack of Hemisphere Coffee by going to HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com using the promo code WeTackle. You see it scrolling along the bottom of the live stream right now. Save 15% off. And uh, don't forget, Hemisphere can help you provide the perfect corporate gift. They have a lot of great gift packs that include chocolate, include tea. Uh, they include coffee samplers. So go to HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Check out all their offerings. Uh, we'll have to replenish Mr. Spielman's yeah. supply. Although today, I am shuttle bus dad today. What's going on? Well, let's see. i got to go through my schedule for the day. I have... Um, homeschool pickup from the uh, consortium at one. I have great. I have sixth grade pickup at two twenty. I have uh, drop off at school for soccer road trip at five forty five. Oh, where's the game tonight? Uh, game is in Saint Paris tonight. I have no idea where Saint that Paris is. Paris is on uh, Route thirty six, just past Urbana. Seven fifteen start if you want to be there. Oh, and I have to attend the Ohio State baseball golf outing today at York Country Club at four p.m. Yeah, a lot of so things I got, going on. I got one o'clock, two twenty, four, and five something. I don't know how I'm gonna get. Life's to busy for a stay home dad, isn't it? It's busy for a stay home dad. Very good, sir. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> looking forward to all of that. Uh, the big uh, court ruling today. We're going to find out if the Nebraska players' lawsuit gets 
expedited discovery, which means Big Ten has to turn over records of its deliberations to cancel the season. The root of the Nebraska players' lawsuit is that the Big Ten has bylaws, how they cancel things. Their bylaws stipulate they need a 60% vote of the presidents and chancellors. If there was a vote, the Big Ten's in the clear. But if they violated their bylaws, it's considered breach of contract, and then the Big Ten's cancellation of the season would be ruled by the courts null and void. Now, this is a Lincoln-Nebraska court, so it might get a favorable ruling from the Lincoln-Nebraska court, and then we'll see if the Big Ten appeals it. Mm-hmm. So oh, probably appeal it to a bigger court. Of course they're going to appeal yeah. it. They're not going to – I just – I would – it would be the upset of the century if they ever admitted that they were – wrong they could fix this i mean they, they could fit fix this and based off new information what if they say hey you know we get we discussed the options that they could do they could say they were wrong they say they have new information what if they said well we lost in court so we got to play do that maybe too. they want to play maybe they now realize they should play and they can blame it on the court well yeah, you know we don't but that's a dangerous place to go like we don't think it's safe but yeah, but I I mean, I think everybody's looking for a scapegoat because we knew right now that and throughout this whole process uh, there were a lot of people in, within the Big Ten that were afraid to actually yeah. and that's the take scary the part. lead. That's yeah. the scary part. Bruce Feldman, a Fox Sports guy, you know guy, sure. I know, really good college football reporter, uh, over the weekend wrote that someone in the Big Ten, a source that he trusts, or he wouldn't be quoting them, says that the decision to play or not play will be made, and this is where you got to be afraid if you're an Ohio State fan and want football. The decision will be made in the best interest of all 14 institutions. So Ohio State's not going to throw its weight around and say, hey, we want to play. Or Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Nebraska can't dominate the other 10. Because I don't think Maryland wants to play. I don't think Michigan State wants to play. I don't think Rutgers Uh, wants to play. I disagree. I think Michigan State wants to play. I think Michigan wants to play. I think the governor of Michigan is um, not interested. She doesn't want to play. In playing. That's just correct. That's accurate information. Yeah, no, she's on record. And what continues continually looks um, bad for these schools and the conference as a whole is that Luke Fickle and the Cincinnati Bearcats mm-hmm. are going to play. Matt Campbell and the Iowa State Cyclones are going to play. High schools in Iowa are going to play. High schools in the state of Ohio are playing. They are. And they're playing with great joy. They are. By the way, just watching this game, even the freshman game, I mean... You know, just the joy that these kids are having, man. It's just awesome to see. It was a little weird Friday night. I attended a high school football game in uh, Miamisburg. In a professional capacity, by the way. In a professional capacity for PressProsMagazine.com. You can read the story. And then I wrote a column about covering my first regular season high school football game. Since 1985. In 35 years, Spiels. And this one was bare bones reporting. This one was sit in the stands, keep your own stats, no traffic jam to get in. I just, I walked in, I told them who I was, and they said, okay. No credential <laughs> check. I didn't, I had a business card, didn't have to show it. Ah, but it awesome, was great. Man. It was like I could walk the sidelines, I could do whatever I wanted, and it was great. And afterward, you know, I got to did talk. you wear your mask? I did. I wore Bad my boy. mask. Yeah. Good job. Um, so, yeah, it was just fun. It was just pure. It was high. I texted you a picture before the game, and you texted back one word. Roots. Roots. Now, I assume you meant that that's where my career started yes. covering high school football. But it, it made me think, and I actually wrote about your text today on PressProsMagazine.com, that 
the roots of everything in sports emanates from the high school level. And we think, and I thought as a young sports writer in Troy, Ohio, boy, I can't wait to cover the Rose Bowl. I can't wait to cover the Super Bowl. I can't wait to cover this, this, and this. And you're in such a hurry to get to exactly the next thing that you don't realize, hey, this is pretty good right here. You know, there's a lot of good about this. And going back Friday night, it was great to experience that again with the long career perspective. Uh, when you're a young sports writer, you don't see the, the things that are a bit frustrating about covering big events. And you don't appreciate the things that simplify your task covering events. People are glad to talk to you, glad to see you, yeah. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> they, they do not. The coaches aren't suspicious. <laughs> you know, all throwing stuff. you the Heisman stiff yeah, arm. Yeah, so it's like really uh, interesting and fun, and uh, both have both have their things that make you fulfilled, and both have the things that you like battle, and I enjoyed it. And I'll, I'll do it again Friday night. And Where I'll are you going do, this Friday? I, I Think I'm, I think I might be back with Troy Christian on Friday night. Wow, you're, they play you're like a, the beat writer for I'm Troy, the Christian. Troy Christian Eagles, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they play a defending or a team that won the state two years ago. But, Who's that? Uh, Macomb. Okay. So I may be on another game in the MAC. I may be like you know Covington Versailles. Nice. Who knows? I don't know. You know. You know the cool thing about it is what I noticed just in the is the the like the celebration of the in a disappointment like if a kid gets an interception the celebration yeah. of the interception or a caused fumble <laughs> or if the kid scores a touchdown and the team is jumping up and down yeah. I was like nobody like they're the only ones in the world that matter and that's the beautiful thing about it man it so, so here's cool. what here's where here's where my like big event bruce mentality took over <laughs> so troy's got the ball down on the two-yard line and their quarterback rolls out and he roll and he goes to the ground they like tackle him and he fumbles and the other team recovers and instantly I'm thinking, well, that's going to be overturned on replay. <laughs> that was the first thought I had. Yeah. I'm like, well, let's replay that because I think that kid's down. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, man. That's awesome. There's no replay in right. high school football. So, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty fun. Uh, we will see today what happens in the courts with Nebraska's lawsuit, the player lawsuit against the Big Ten. If you want uh, the best attorney representation you can get when you're in court or when you're Protecting your legal rights, you want Willis Spangler Starling, you want Stan, you want Kelly, you want the great attorneys from Willis Spangler Starling. And you can find out more about their firm and uh, browse their website to read their informative blog about things that you may not know regarding your legal rights. They are at willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com, whether it's workers' compensation, personal injury, wills, estate planning, all important, everything's important. You want your legal rights protected, you want an advocate who has the utmost integrity and character. You want Willis Spangler Starling. Willis Spangler Starling's on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. Beautiful offices, great people. Their website, willisattorneys.com. I hate seeing this. Right. Jamar Chase, LSU wide receiver, is opting out. So you know what that tells me? Joe Burrow's successor is not very good. <laughs> Jamar Chase went through practice. Mm, yeah. Jamar Chase went through practice. He's like, ah, this might not be good for me. I can leave the impression I had when I was catching a bunch of touchdowns from Joe Burrow, or I can get, you know, 600 yards receiving and three touchdowns, and people are going to say, what's wrong with Jamar Chase? Yeah. That was the first thought I had was, uh-oh, LSU's got quarterback issues. Um, I Yeah, I'm not surprised. I think this might be the wave of the future. If guy has a strong junior year, he's going to opt out his senior year. Man, I hate it. I hate it. 
I know. It's quitting on your teammates. That's just me. Old school, Bruce. It's just you're walking out on your guys. You're prioritizing yourself over the team, yeah. which I think is the very definition of selfish. You're going to see guys who like can't go in the draft. They're not old enough. They haven't been out of school three years. They're entering their third year, and they're like, I'm not taking a chance. Well, I mean, we uh, saw this trend coming, correct? I, yeah, I, we I, did. I, it started I, with the bowl games. It started with the bowl games and started with uh, – um, and, again, I, I – understand it and i'm not going to criticize a kid for making a decision what's best for the kid and we saw you know nick bosa got hurt early on yeah. and then nick shut it down yep for the season and i completely understood that and some decision. of it too was remember these guys like jadavian Clowney. why would he play he shouldn't even play he had the great bowl game against michigan as a sophomore and there's all the why should he play people said that about trevor lawrence you're going to get elite sophomores who people are going to say well there's no point in them playing their draft position is secure well, I think if they're not three years removed, uh, you can certainly hurt yourself because you give other guys a chance to elevate themselves. Yeah. You know, if you're if you have three years on tape, and you only got two on tape, yeah. and they're great years. Lawrence it depends. People, yeah. would, would Trevor Lawrence, had he been draft eligible, been the number one pick after his true freshman year? No. Ooh, dude, I, I, I think disagree. he might have been. I disagree. I would have to go back to that draft and find out who the number one overall pick was. Was it was not Joe Burrow? Because yeah. who was the year before that? Uh, anyway, um, hey, you want a coffee update real quick? Kevin's I do want a coffee did, update. A coffee update from the Spielman home. I just uh, how many cure, uh, K cups now that we've done inventory? I just yeah, left. I need some Hunter's blend. I just did a secret, or I just got a investigative photo from Sticky Fingers Carry. She apparently is hiding all the hemisphere coffee in her own special spot, which she texted Whoa. me a picture. But there's no Hunter's blend in there, which she confiscated and hid for herself. But apparently she likes this because I was looking all over the kitchen for this this morning. Mm -hmm. There's the picture for you guys. I know you can't oh, see wait. it, but it's. she keeping that in a so, drawer uh, in, in No, the I don't know where it is. I, I, don't, no, I, I don't know where it is. I under think, lock and key? I think it's in a laundry room, a place where I don't enter very often. So that's why she knows I won't go look in there. Very <laughs> possible. So anyway, I just wanted to give you an update. But thanks, Carrie, for doing that. Maybe you can spare one when I get home. Mm, uh, be on your best behavior <laughs> if you want that. But look... I mean, COVID has given everybody, like COVID gave everybody the out, right? It gives everybody the yeah, out. We talked about scene, this. Skip your but football season. It also gave people the out in, in this regard. Like, I think some benefits going to help some of the players. I was listening to Cliff Kingsbury talk this morning. Arizona on NFL Cardinals Network. head coach. A very good coach, by the way. I think he gets, sometimes he gets a bad rap for being, you know, he, he took that staged photo during the draft sitting in his beautiful house in Phoenix, which I know you were a little, you had to be admire the house. Oh a little, my baby. goodness! I'm like, that's living the life. Thou shalt not covet, Bruce. Yes, I know. I'm and, like, that's at the Biltmore. That's where that is. But, but I, the I call it the Billmore because I've stayed, I have stayed there. So, but I, but it's anyway, accurate. that's very accurate. <laughs> but I I think in, in listening to Cliff, I I think he's a really good coach. He's smart and he's innovative and he calls a great game, but. Mm -hmm. He was talking about Larry Fitzgerald and how the virtual stuff is a 17-year veteran, surefire Hall of Famer. I don't know if you've ever spoken with Larry Fitzgerald. I've done an interview with Larry. but Just once. He's, 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 he's a really interesting, mm -hmm. very cool human being. Just I, I like him because he 
he does his own thing and he thinks his own way mm-hmm. and he's just very sure and he's the a pro's pro. But Cliff was talking about how the COVID and the virtual stuff helped this 17-year veteran sure. and, and just not to beat himself up. I right. mean, Larry doesn't need to go out there and learn how to run routes. I no. mean, Larry gets it, right? Yep. So yep. Uh, I, I just think this – but my my point is that COVID gives guys an out, and I think it can help some of these older veteran NFL players. So I always tend to look, and you know this, and this is something that I never did as a younger man, but as – a middle-aged guy right now, I always looked at what can I benefit? How can I take this situation and mm-hmm. how can we benefit from this and take advantage of it? And I think a lot of guys are doing that. And for the college players, it gives them the out, and I don't blame them, but I can. There, some people might say, well, you're letting your team down by not playing. That's my position. That, that is your position, and, and I get that, and I understand that. Uh, but the COVID, I think, gives them a little bit of cover to make that decision. Yeah, I couldn't face my teammates in doing that to them. You couldn't either. No, I don't think I could. I, I mean, I, I, I would, I would definitely play. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I, I enjoyed the game. Although my ultimate goal, and I would be lying if I, and you, you know this about me as much as you know me as well as anybody. My ultimate goal was all to make the NFL. Of course, that was it. You know, that was the time I could walk, talk, breathe. Mm-hmm. And knew that there was a thing where you can play football and get money for it. That's what I dedicated my life to do at a very young age. Um, so you know, and I just that's why it's so frustrating for me that the Big Ten nobody's. I don't. Isn't it amazing how irrelevant the Pac-12 is? Yes. Nobody as even you're talks wearing about your the, Arizona State as I'm wearing shirt. my wife's alma mater's uh, shirt. Yeah. Nobody talks about uh, you know, the Pac- Big Ten and the Pac-12. They just leave the Pac-12 out. <laughs> an afterthought. Uh, all right. Now, you mentioned that uh, the COVID and virtual NFL training camps and stuff helped Larry Fitzgerald not get beat up. Joe Burrow, young man, wants to get beat up, or at least he wants to get hit. Joe Burrow said after Sunday night's Bengal scrimmage that he's going to lobby Zach Taylor to allow him to be live in the next Bengal scrimmage, which, of course, has zero chance so of happening but is it a is it a viable concern of Joe Burrow's that the first time he will be hit presumably is unless he has great protection September the 13th against the Los Angeles Chargers uh no i think he'll just okay. to what but it, here's the thing I, if i were Zach Taylor who by the way i really like a good dude i uh, hope i hope he has success Bengals head as coach. A coach yeah i would say Joe I'm going to tell you what I tell my kids when they were in high school and middle school and elementary school. You're not old enough to make that decision. Mm, there you go. <laughs> That's it. That's you not old. No, you're not getting hit. Now, uh, Joe Judge, the head coach of the New York Giants, here's a little bit of information and okay. why it's a bigger show when I'm here. Yes, because <laughs> we get updates on Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones is live fire in their really? scrimmages. Yes. That's just a difference in, in. That's a great idea until Daniel Jones gets hurt. Wow! And Joe Judge's neck is severed. It would be the most. It's, it's most insane thing ever to let him. Yeah. Be hit in practice. Dumb. Super dumb. It, it doesn't. It, it, I mean, every every decision that a head coach makes in regards to that is it's cost benefit. What's the benefit? So he mm-hmm. learns how to take a few hits. He's going to take enough hits during the year. He's a tough kid. I mean, I, I Daniel Jones is a tough guy. 
He well, I'm sure he got hit a lot at Duke. Yeah, he got well, and he got hit a lot last year. Yeah. By the way, and so I understand Joe wanting to. I'm the guy in charge here. We're going to be a tough physical football team. Look at this. We're even letting our quarterbacks get hit mm-hmm. in scrimmages. Maybe he's changed his position. Maybe he's not really letting him get hit. He's just saying that because the scrimmages are. Well, closed. what I would want my guys to do. The problem is, you know, you want to simulate a strong pass rush. And I want guys in their face. I was listening to Bruce Gradkowski, former mm-hmm. University of Toledo quarterback, also played in the league. I think he played with Tampa and the Steelers for a and while. And the Browns. And the Browns, of course. Everybody who's a <laughs> journeyman quarterback has played for the Browns. And he was talking about, you know, you, you, you want to simulate everything you can as far as guys in your falling around your feet, guys in your face. The one thing that always concerned me and that would ever set off an offensive line coach or a head coach or an offensive coordinator or a quarterback coach during practice, and I saw this with whether it was Scott Mitchell to, to Jim Kelly to, to, to um, Rodney Pete, whoever it was, if a defensive player during a practice team drill would come close to the quarterback they were and the quarterback would slam his hand Ooh, on a on you, a helmet, I mean, on a helmet. Yep. yeah, you know that's one of the biggest things. That's sure. a it's very. That's why scary. Joe Burrow ended up at LSU. Yeah. Uh, okay, Mr. Spielman. Saturday is a day that you never had to experience the angst of that many NFL veterans do experience the real angst of. It is cut down day in the NFL. I dare say in your career you were never a veteran who was afraid. I'm making too much money. They're going to cut me. No. You have any stories of any teammates, any friends, maybe any brothers who were uh, concerned? Oh, well, I mean, I know, I know. I, I'll tell the story about Rick, who was in training camp with me and was a. I mean, let's be honest, he was a very long shot to make it, you know. But Southern uh, Illinois. But he, he was a free agent. I was a second round pick, but he was a linebacker, and you know, got a lot of run in preseason. I mean, mm-hmm. did I thought he did well? I didn't think he was good enough to. Be a, a linebacker, but he was a good special teams. special teamer. Sure, good special teams because he was tough and he's he, could, he was fast. I mean, Rick was uh, a faster player. He didn't play faster than me, but he was faster. So he was run straight line. He was pretty good, and I think led the team in special teams tackles during the preseason. And uh, he did a really did a really good job. But maybe in his mind, I think he thought that there was a chance that I could mm-hmm. make this team, sure. and so. We were uh, we went over to the stadium together on cut day, and uh, I went somewhere. Uh, I was two minutes late to the meeting because I had to talk to the trainer about something. I had an excuse. I walk in, he wasn't there, so they came and got him. Mm. And I looked next to me, and, and he wasn't there. And I knew that he was uh, released. And and it's hard. It's hard for a lot of guys because for a lot of guys. Uh, the dream is dead. For a lot of guys, especially undirected free agents this year, they're not even going to get an opportunity because they didn't get a look. I was listening to Sean Payton, who I have a lot of respect for. Mm-hmm. So people either love Sean Payton or he turns people off. I think he's very smart and bright, and he's a thinker. And he's very confident in his ability, which mm-hmm. actually I enjoy that. I don't like guys that... Sure. Uh, aren't confident in what they say or what they believe in. And Sean is very confident. And he, he said, you know, the lack to be able to get an evaluation on a kid 
there's so many guys that we're going to miss and the mistakes that are being made. Mm -hmm. The only good thing that's coming from this is the 16-person practice squad that you're able to establish that's going to help some guys that might have been cut, especially veterans, right? Because you can keep seven veterans this year, Bruce, where in the past mm. that wasn't the case. So you're going to have seven veterans on your team. So it gives guys a chance maybe if their career was over or they're on a down end or they just, you know, they've been hanging on for three or four, five, six, seven years mm -hmm. with just a team being the last guy. It gives them another opportunity. I just think for younger players, um, they're going to get released without even getting a shot. Yeah. Yeah, and that's too bad. And there will be guys who, you know, James Harrison was a guy who was cut a bunch mm -hmm. and ended up NFL defensive MVP. And you wonder, so, well, how can a guy be cut and cut and cut and cut and end up defensive MVP? Well, he didn't get the look that he needed. Yeah. So if there will be a guy who will be cut this year by a lot of teams and will not hook on, and eventually three, four, five years from now we'll go, well, how did that guy not get taken? And it'll be a COVID mistake. Yep. That will be a good way to describe it. And they're they're already admitting that there's going to be of course. COVID mistakes. Interesting. I was on a um, – we've kind of been in the midst of virtual seminars for Fox. We had Roger Goodell address the company. Mm -hmm. And I asked Rick about this. And they're try what they're trying to do, and I, I thought this was great. So for those guys maybe that are or young free agents or, or teams that have been released, they're thinking about establishing a bubble – for them, putting them in, like, say, IMG Academy, okay? Sure. Or someplace like that where they live and train and do drills and stuff. And so if, you know, you have a, a, a breakout, you know, five guys go down. Yeah. You take five guys off your practice squad, you elevate them to the regular season, and you sign these five guys and put them on your practice squad. Sure, you don't uh, have to quarantine them. You know they're yeah, good. That's that's the thing. But because yeah. the normal processing for an NFL street guy is normally one day. I yeah. mean, on Monday, Sunday a player gets hurt. On Monday, they're in the building. They're signed by Monday evening. Their playbook's in hand. They study Tuesday. They're a practice Wednesday. Well, if you bring a guy off, that it's a four-day processing, <laughs> processing this person sure. before you even let him in the building. Yeah, you might have to quarantine him. So for I, two I weeks. think that's a great that idea. It's, and what the NFL is doing—that's leadership. Was, that's thinking uh, well, ahead. I mean, they, it's people might have like uh, gotten on the NFL a little. I don't. I don't think they've taken too much criticism. But the way the NFL and the NFLPA has worked together mm -hmm, to. You're right. It is leadership. Yeah, you're casting. But you're thinking ahead. The logistics. Some of it's a pain in the rear end. Even for us to cover the game, it's a pain in the rear end. But again, I get what they're doing, and it's mm -hmm. not about me having to be inconvenienced anyway whatsoever. But they have covered everything, and it's amazing to me the amount of detail. And I wish that the general fan could understand the great lengths that the NFL, the Players Association, management. Everybody involved, what they're doing to make sure that they play—it's yeah. just fascinating. And, and they get the money helps, to do it. They, they yeah. do have the money to do yeah. it. Quite frankly, the Big Ten has the money. The money. Big Ten has to the money do it. And Central Arkansas and Austin P are doing it. Why can't the Big Ten, at least, <laughs> at the very least, give it a shot? Central Arkansas and Austin P can play, but Ohio State can't afford it. Not a lot. No, All or, right. or or Troy Christian and, and Troy Christian and Dayton Christian. Yeah. Uh okay, let's do some emails. Uh John wants to help you with your coffee wars. 
Okay. He says, um, listen to this, Carrie, if you're watching this. What advice, you guys asked me the other day, what advice I might have for Chris so his supply of coffee isn't intentionally hidden by his wife. Chris has shared his support for this awesome coffee, and now Hemisphere is driving a divide between family <laughs> members. <laughs> he says, uh, we know, Chris, all you do is give, give, give. There you go. John, currying favor. Uh, he says, we have added three 12-ounce bags for our subscription so we never run out. Chris, I'd suggest you take another trip to Mechanicsburg and hide your new supply somewhere where your wife would never think of looking. He says, ha-ha, kidding. Hemisphere is the best coffee ever. May your current battle with the family subside in due time. John also says, he disagrees with my take Friday on LeBron misusing his platform uh, to share with youth about police hunting them down. Uh, he says the thoughts he shares on social media are his real feelings. I think our athletes are trying to find ways to promote change in the world. It's not necessarily the way you or I might go about it, but I admire our youth challenging themselves to make the world better. Yeah, I just think that it helps bring about in time a result that he's hoping to avoid, which mm -hmm. is if kids are worried that police are not going to treat them fairly, then they react in a way that may bring about the eventuality that no one wants to see. That's my concern with it. So, um, I we stated our positions on yeah. our, every everything on Friday. One of the verses that came out was be be quick to listen and slow to speak. Yes. Uh, so I talked to my brother again about some of mm -hmm. the the issues. I talked to my nephews uh, about the issue. He wanted my take on everything and. You know, my big thing that I'm passionate about, and I don't know, and I know that, it, believe me, I know this isn't easy, and I know the challenges that face police officers, and there's nobody in this country that has the respect for the um, police officers as much as I do, and my admiration and their willingness to sacrifice and what they do. I just think there's got to be a way to be able to um, uh, have a less lethal form of detainment if there's a, uh, I and I, I don't I don't have the answer. I just think that's that's what I would try to be focusing on. But a solution or starting to uh, end racism. There's going to be a thing called end racism in the NFL, which I'm glad mm -hmm. that they're promoting because mm -hmm. I think every human being should uh, absolutely uh, support ending racism. And so my suggestion to um families is to educate your children at a young age the origins of the word the n-word what it means where it comes from and how vile it is so that people understand how offensive it is my other suggestion would be to educate your children don't wait for the school to do it you start doing it at a very young age on who rosa parks was on who Martin Luther King was, uh, on who Frederick, Frederick Douglass, Douglass yeah. was. It doesn't, and, and educate your children on, on who this is and why, and the ideals of our country that all men are created equal. Obviously, we have not lived up to those ideals. We've improved and are trying to get there mm -hmm. uh, and, and keep trying to improve and get there. But it, it has to start in the home it ha and from white families, it has to start in the home and not only talk about every hero, but start to educate yourself 
and educate your children on these who these great African-American leaders were and what they were able to do and accomplish. And I think uh, that can start changing a generation where it's my responsibility uh, to educate my children. It's your responsibility out there to educate your children on our history, all of our history, including our African-American history. I absolutely agree. In my personal opinion, just to add on to yours, this is not necessarily your opinion, but uh, I hear a lot about, you know, the talk that African-American parents have with their kids about, you know, you have to be careful of police, this, that, and the other. I've had that same kind of talk with my kids about if you get pulled over, here's the, here's where your hands need to be. Don't put your hands where they can see them. Because I know from a law enforcement officer's perspective, they are understandably very nervous when they can't see a person's hands. Right. Don't reach over and get in your glove box to pick out your registration. Don't do that. Wait yeah. till he's up at the window because he doesn't know if you're getting a car registration or getting a gun. So put your as soon as they stop, you get your hands at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock exactly. on the wheel or get them like behind your headrest or something like that. You're not a criminal, but it just it takes down the temperature of the initial interaction. That's well, also a part of educating your kids about the needs of and, and the mindset of a law enforcement officer. He doesn't know if he's walking up on the car, if you're going to kill him or if you're going to be like, hi, officer, have a, how are you today? You know, he has no idea. Especially I, well, when, if you're a concealed carry guy, um, they know you're a concealed carry guy because it's, it's registered. Yeah. So when they call in. They get they your know, plate. Yes. They know this guy's got a concealed carry. So, so when if I ever get pulled over, my hands are either going right up on the steering wheel or I'm taking both hands and I'm yeah, putting them out, on, on out, the window. out the window. I'm right. not even going like I'm not even going to tell the guy. He's he's going to already know, but yeah. when he comes up You do have to I'm tell gonna him say that. I'm a concealed yeah. carry guy, I don't have it or my or my uh firearm is located here. Yeah. You know? Uh email from Patrick says, hey, guys, we have a uh, mother on my daughter's travel softball team. It's been on a ventilator for a week. Her condition is slowly improving, thank goodness. Uh, but even if she makes it, she's looking at a long rehab. So he nominates her for COVID-19 relief. Oh, I have something on COVID-19 relief. Great. And you guys can do that by emailing Podcast at gmail.com, just like Patrick did to let us know of someone. Here's another one from Jody. I'd like to nominate my 21-year-old daughter. While I've been home managing a COVID layoff, and second and third degree burns on my hands and feet. She's worked tirelessly to help keep our household going while being a senior at OSU and working full-time. Great. Wow. Thank you, Jody. And very sorry to hear of your health challenges, but uh, your daughter's name will be in our drawing Friday. Great. Um, one of the winners was extremely grateful, and he shared that he would, you know, it was, it was so cool for him to receive uh, the money from a, 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 such a cool guy, great athlete, accomplished a lot of things and he said never michael his, red contributing and, now and no he said really? never in his life that he thought he would receive money from a two-time state champion ah uh, <laughs> he's not receiving money from me brother not because i don't want to it's not my not my wheelhouse at the moment so can i nominate myself yeah because it's always been one two three bruce that's everybody right. bring it in that's right absolutely hopefully not so uh, I thought that was cool. Wow, yeah, you have lots cool. of uh, notes and journals, and what I do, I journal almost every day. Yeah, it's a good thing. Are we going into the faith? Yeah, portion? unless you got anything no. else sports related. I don't. I think I think it's a big day for the Big Ten, and mm -hmm. and I just for whatever reason, I I just hope 
at the very least say, hey, let's 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 backtrack here. Let's take a deep breath and let's give these guys a shot and let's say, all right, all systems go, and at least let's give it a run and see what happens. You know, because we know that there's you know that the medical heart thing that's been addressed. We know that six percent of the, of the COVID deaths and nobody's saying anything. Six percent of the COVID deaths are from just purely COVID. There's other issues and morbidities. We we mm-hmm. we have the best trainers, doctors, medical attention that are needed for these kids to be able to pursue what they want to pursue. And the other thing of that six percent, how many of those or the people that passed uh, were past uh, life expectancy? Anyway, I mean, 10, 5, 10 years past life expectancy. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's not to... I, I, get, I mean, we don't have to put it's a just disclaimer. A, it's just, it's that's just the people, data. Older people die. Well, if it's not of COVID, it's of something else. Um, it's, it, it's just a fact. Yeah. You know, so um, so that's the deal. All right, would you like to start us off on the first no, portion of the podcast? No, because I, mine, I don't have anything. Okay. I have an experience to talk to you about. Okay, great. So today's August 31st. Uh, those of you who are frequent listeners of the podcast know that uh, I, I, I mostly start my day when Mr. Spielman comes early, early, early. By the way, how have you managed to surreptitiously get you to move, move the start time of the podcast from a, 7 a.m. It's been a gradual 6:45 now 6:30. It's been a gradual. What's your end game? Like, what's your? What's your like, when do you want this to eventually start? Are we going back to zone days where I have to get up at 3.30 in the morning? No, but I know you're up. Yeah. Well, I'm up because you're coming. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Sleep the whole day? I mean, life's too short. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I Uh, I mean. No, I just want, I was just teasing you. uh, 6.30 is fine. So at any rate. uh, It's it's, either 6.30 or 6.45 because I I have some people that I meet with in the morning. Okay, perfect. That's great. That's important. And so sometimes, and I try to. I meet with them very early sometimes, and so I I try to get my workout in, or at least half of it in, mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. I come here. So, um, so Go so ahead. so today's the thirty first of August, yeah. and I start my day usually with the corresponding chapter of Proverbs to the date of the month. If it's the seventeenth of the month, I'm reading Proverbs seventeen, and I read other chapters of the Bible, other books of the Bible, but. I just like to start my day by pouring wisdom into my head from the book of Proverbs. So not every month has 31 days in it. So it's a treat to read Proverbs 31 on the 31st. And Proverbs 31, uh, for those of you who are uh, familiar with your Bible, is the chapter that talks about a wife of noble character. I am extremely blessed and Chris is extremely blessed twice to have a wife of noble character. And I just want to give you an instance of how, when people ask me about my wife, I believe that I am pretty consistent in saying that one of the things that I love most about her is her wisdom. Because she is intuitive in ways that I am not particularly with the fact that we have three girls and I was one of three boys. So I would, did not grow up with sisters. So I don't have any experience with girls. You talked about in our book, uh, 
that's why I'm here, the Chris and Stephanie Spielman story. The one of the challenges for you after Steph passed away was that mm. you didn't grow up with sisters either. No. And you had girls, and you had Noah, but you had three daughters, yeah. and you had to, and then you gained two more daughters, Gina and Kendra, when you married Carrie. That that was new a new experience for you, too. Yeah. So I just want to go through, like, an instance where Sherry's wisdom has benefited me. Um, my youngest daughter used to be a hugger. I loved a hugger. I couldn't, before she'd go to school, every morning I'd get this long hug. And I noticed that as she got into fifth grade, <laughs> that was like she wasn't melting into me in the hug like she used to. And I felt she was pulling away from me, and I was concerned about that. So I talked to my wife about it one day, and I said, I'm, you know, one, like, I, what did I do? Like, I just want that. I, I, I miss that. And she's like, look, she's growing up. Mm-hmm. She's not a little girl anymore. Sometimes she is. Sometimes she's yeah, not. Yeah, that's, the, that's here's, the hard part. Here's where it is. You know, you've got to be careful not to think of her like you used to think of her. Mm-hmm. And that was just so wise that I just have often thanked God for uh, blessing me with a perspective that I do not have and do not really, I think, have the capability of having because Sherry has nurturing aspects to her personality that as much as I want to have them, I'm not nearly as good at them as she is. And so a lot is rolled into that when you say, well, what's, you're just, you're in love with your wife. Okay, great. But that's not really a faith element. No, it is because it makes me recognize the goodness of God and the wisdom of God in that he designed marriage to be um, a partnership, an equal partnership between a man and a woman where my weaknesses are complemented by her strengths, and hopefully her weaknesses are, or her, her deficiencies, or however you want to say it. I don't mean to say that you know, women are deficient or whatever. I'm not going to do your dance on the whole um, apology thing in advance. But, I mean, I just as a Christian man, I am so thankful to God mm-hmm. for making me in such a way that I can be augmented, enhanced, improved, enlightened, uh, complemented by a wife of noble character. And I thank him every day for, for me, it's a miracle that I met Sherry. She grew up in uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. We met across the miles. We dated long distance. And uh, I just have a lot of things in my marriage for, you know, the first part of our marriage that I wish I'd been better. You can't redo those things, but you can chart a new course going forward. I'm committed to that, and I am just so grateful that I have a wife of noble character and for God's wisdom in designing marriage that way. Well, I and just observing from the outside in is that it's a, everything is a, with your marriage, with my marriage, like you kind of balance mm-hmm. each other. I mean, you certainly have your strengths as a, as a person, things that I admire and respect. And uh, I think there's such a calming presence. I don't know if this is true or not. Just I think she has just a calming presence about her that maybe I'm wrong about this, but it seems to me like 
she doesn't let the highs get too high or the lows get too low. And where I think you and I, being athletes or growing up in a competitive world, you know, it's always... <laughs> Yeah, it's always you know win and win, win and compete win in, in, uh, in in life. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. you're we're keeping score a lot. I think I don't know if guys do that in general, but I think for you and I, I think that's that's very fair. Um, I know that Carrie and I do that also. We balance each other, and you know, there's things where I've grown where I've balanced her, and there's certainly where uh, she balances me uh, especially handling girls and you, there's something to be said about the woman's ability to nurture mm -hmm. girls uh, and it's it's fun for me to watch and learn um the one thing i've done was open up in my heart and learn and it was interesting for that period of time when i was a single dad uh, the respect that I have for, for single parents, regardless of how you got into that situation, yeah. right? The respect that I have for single parents is, is amazing. And I know single parents maybe feel this way, and I know maybe they don't. I know that I felt this way, that at the end of the day, and I've talked to you about this, that I always so, like I, I was such so inadequate of I, I can't give every kid what they need. Mm. Now, I had a lot of them, mm -hmm. four of them. I think that's a lot for single. That's a lot. But that's a lot. It was very difficult for me. And they were from 10 years difference, right? Yeah. From 15 to 5 when I was doing this. And so I thought to myself, um, you know, I had to start giving myself some grace. And I, I was doing the best I can. And so my respect for single parents and 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 what you're doing and how you're doing it uh i just hope you have the support that you need and there's it's a reason why everybody asks me you know oftentimes in our society we hear about marriage jokes right mm -hmm. i think marriage is the greatest thing god ever created absolutely i i, I really do yeah, absolutely, i mean man when you have that bond with one person and fortunately for my case for whatever um I, I've been given a second opportunity to have this such a unique bond. People always ask me, because um, I've said many times, like when Stephanie passed away, I, I'll never get remarried again. Mm -hmm. And and I remember Steph telling me, you have to get, you don't understand, but you will one day, mm -hmm. that you have to get remarried, Chris. You, you're, you're, you're too young. You know, you have your whole life ahead of you. You have to get remarried. And I said, you're, getting, you're crazy. But anyway, but she she knew better than I what I needed, mm -hmm. you know. And, and that's pretty courageous. For a woman that's dying, that's a pretty courageous statement no to say during that time. But anyway, I, I think from the perspective uh, that I've had is that unique bond. And what I had with Stephanie was so awesome and so unique but it's so, uh, what I have with Carrie is so awesome and so unique. And you know what? That's the only way it could work. That's right. Because I couldn't That's have right. and wouldn't ever want to yeah. have what I had with Steph. I wouldn't want that, what I had with Carrie. Even though it's, they're similar, they're but it's similar totally. Similarities, but That's the only way yeah. that I believe, and maybe other widowers and widow, widows can relate to this, 
that was the only way that I thought that it could work. And so it's been an amazing journey and amazing blessing in my life. And marriage is, I think, being a parent and being married is the greatest gift and the greatest responsibility that God gives us. And, um, and I'll save my other thing for another day. But okay. that, I thought that was so important for you to hit on today. So. Yeah, and, you, you know, you and I both also, I, I know, would agree that we have uh, been blessed in our lives with our fathers having wives of noble character. You know, I know your mom, Nancy, a little bit. Yeah. You met my mom before she passed away a few times. And um, both you and I have been greatly impacted in our lives and still are impacted in our lives by our mothers. Yeah. And um, your mother is uh, still with us and is with Rick and is doing great grandma duty yeah. up in Minneapolis. And, uh, and you know, the thing about it is, too, like I know there have been a lot of pushback in our society here in the last whatever period of time that um, demeans the role of a woman as a wife, that there's somehow that's um, <laughs> an inferior role or that the women aren't strong. Man, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> you and I, Steph, Carrie, Sherry, yeah. wow. You talk about strong women who don't let us get away with anything and aren't afraid to stand up and... Oh, I'm so... Uh, I'm I mean, I, and I would not want it any other way. I, I, I sit there in, in awe sometimes of yeah. the strength of women. I, I really do. And the admiration. Yeah. Uh, and not, it's, it's not envy. It's just so cool to be able to be a, a witness to and admire the skill, I guess. I don't even know how to describe the skill that they have to handle certain situations. And they just keep going forward. That's admirable to me and that's strength and that's you know it's it's something that is god given and when it's right it's work it's right and i i would encourage all husbands and all wives don't let society uh decide your value let god drive what you want to be as far as being defined by your value god sets the rules of how to get the value and the admiration from your spouse. Don't let society set the rules. He designed marriage, and he didn't design anything that wasn't fantastic. Uh, and it, and I, this is a kind of a weird place to insert a commercial, but I'll, the thing about it is, like, I met Chrissy and Steve and their family from AUI Info a couple weeks ago, and to hear Steve tell the story of when he was injured at work before he and Chrissy were married and how Chrissy really nurtured him back to health, that would have been a great time to run. You know, with Steph and breast cancer, a lot of husbands run. Yeah, they when do. When wives get breast cancer, they abandon their wives. And it's Chrissy brutal. stayed right in there with Steve. And to hear Steve tell the story, he got emotional. And it was just like, wow, you know, like, we love doing business here on our podcast with great people. And when I saw how much love they have for each other and how much that love was welded together by, you know, one serving the other, and I see how Steve now has taken the lead, adopted Chrissy's kids because she was a widow. It's just like, you know, just marriage is so great. It's can, so great. Can I say one more thing yeah. about uh, marriage? Don't be afraid of it. 
Uh, there's people that are, but you uh, have to commit to it. You yeah, can't, there's the, no, you can't go in with an escape route, no, escape hatch, no. trap door. If this works, it's a commitment. It make a marriage is a commitment, and a commitment is unbreakable. Don't be afraid of it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Don't be afraid of it because it is. I didn't even think we were going down this path. It is the coolest thing that I've ever experienced in my life, and in all God's greatness, something that He that was taken away from me for whatever reason, for the greater good. I don't know what that is. But then I was given an, another chance to have something unique and special. <laughs> I mean, that's just beyond my realm of comprehension. And uh, it was just, I, I'm, that, that's what, is, you talk about being humbled, that has humbled me to the core. Uh, so that's where we'll leave it today. Uh, it is open enrollment health period. If you are a business and you want to line up the best health insurance for your employees, Chrissy and Steve at AUI Info can help you with that. They're in Akron, but they're licensed to service any business in the state of Ohio or individual. And if you have HR questions, their HR expert, Julie, can hey, help you with those. Can I ask you a question about, can they do that for individuals? Yes. Because if I, if I don't work for Fox next year, which I hope I do, mm -hmm. but if I don't, so I'll, can I get AUI AUI info.com info perfect we'll you're on you my list hooked up with them so uh, email the show podcast gmail.com get those nominations in for COVID-19 relief and you can follow us on Twitter at We Tackle watch the live stream of the podcast on our Facebook page Spielman and Hooley our YouTube channel or on Twitter we thank you for joining all of us we hope you have a great day and uh, when we meet again on Wednesday we'll have some answer, I suppose, to uh, whatever the Big Ten finds out in court today from the uh, Nebraska lawsuit, and maybe they'll be forced to have football. Maybe there's a hope. I don't give it a whole lot of chances, but um, yeah, we'll see. Do you? No, because I think ego and pride, uh, pride comes before the fall. Yeah. Well, and I think we're seeing it right now. They're taking a hit. But we'll see if they weather it or if they uh, actually cite new information and say, yeah, we can play football. That'll do it for us. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. <laughs>